Thank you for joining us wherever you are. This podcast episode is brought to you by the Old Ways Actual Play team. This actual play uses the Coriolis, the Third Horizon rules by Free League Publishing. This actual play is performed by adults and in an adult setting. Strong language, graphic scenes, and violence are likely on the menu. My name is Michael Diamond, and for tonight's game, I will be your storyteller. And now, on to the show. Thank you for joining us again in another episode of the Old Ways Podcast. We're here today to play Coriolis, The Third Horizon, a game by Free League Publishing. So I have gathered a group of shipmates, as it were, and we're going to go around and give introductions. First, I would like to reach out and thank all of our patron backers for voting and selecting this game. Hopefully, we have a good time and they enjoy listening to it. So, beginning our crew introductions for our Coriolis game, I will start to my right. Hi, I am Miranda, and today I'm playing Zebo, a ship worker, former smuggler, until I found salvation through the icons. Mm, salvation. Cannot wait. Salvation arrives soon. Uh, and to her right. I am Allie, and I am playing Nima, and I am the pilot. You are. You are the pilot of our spacecraft today, specifically the Kraken, which is a exploratory and um, science vessel. I use science with very hard air quotes. Uh, at the end of the table, joining us. Hi, I'm Dave, and I'm playing Ruya Galab. She goes by Ru when it comes to the crew. She is a soldier, and she's the only one around here who knows how to get things done. She keeps this crew together, facing forward. Your background is quite uh, riddled with exploits, and especially in the uh, more martial area. Somebody's got to, right? That's right. Uh, and last but most certainly not least, the captain of our vessel. Hi, I'm Tiffany, and I'm playing Dr. Juana, who, uh, yes, is the captain and first a scientist who uh, got caught uh, doing science stuff and was arrested. And now... She uh, is uh, captaining this ragtag crew. Yeah, I think the nicest thing that anyone could say about Dr. Juana is that uh, she's a scientist and she's pretty good at that sort of thing. And I think that uh, the worst thing they could say is that she's a scientist with a criminal history. And, you know, it gives her a little bit of, a little bit of say, spacefaring cred amongst some of the factions, as it were. So... We are playing today, as I mentioned, Coriolis, uh, which is a game usually described as Arabian Nights in Space. It's a very common descriptor for it. I prefer that, but maybe mix in a little bit of, say, uh, Alien, and say maybe mix in a little bit more of Dune, and maybe even Firefly in some cases, right? So those are your thematic touchstones for today's session. So we're going to start and open the curtain specifically on the deck of the Kraken. And so the Kraken, as mentioned before, is a spacefaring vessel, specifically exploration and a little bit of science work. It does a little bit of cargo hauling as well. And in the din that really can only be described as a low-grade hum, 
throughout the vessel. Four very different souls with very different views as far as the icons, as far as their own lay in life and on the timeline, have come together and joined up to continue this exploration deeper into the third horizon. They're, they've had the ability to brave the dark and the light a few times already. But they've received a very distressing job offer. At least that's what their captain has warned them a bit about already. They're going to a distant planet, one that was only recently located by a space probe. And there seems to be a very urgent call. And even as the day-to-day rigors of living aboard the Kraken have weighed down on them, much like a heavy blanket, each one of them, for their own reasons, is hoping that uh, this trip brings perhaps some completion, perhaps some solace, perhaps freedom. They all have different and very unique reasons for being aboard at this time. Uh, we lift our curtain, specifically on the bridge, where we see Rue and Nima and Dr. Wana uh, preparing to make their planetary approach. Uh, for game purposes, Miranda, your character is in the engine hold at this point, probably just taking a breather from everyone else. Sounds good. So, Nima, one of the first things you notice on sensors as you start planetary approach is that the planet seems fairly vibrant with life. It's not necessarily what we would call Earth-compatible, but there is some definite temperate zones, large temperate zones on the planet. And you know you're looking for something, but the captain hasn't said specifically what yet. So you're getting ready to arrive and you're kind of like every other pilot, right? That hasn't been told the full story. You're wondering, okay, what do we do next? I guess uh, I will uh, look at everyone and uh, tell them, um, okay, I was told that there is a ship, right? There's a ship down, Mike? Yeah, so your mission details, as as limited as you got them from right. the... Uh, from your employer are that there is there was a colony ship here at some point that was going to come and colonize the planet or begin that process. So we're here to investigate what happened to them, right? Right, because the probe found that the ship was there, mm. but it didn't detect any uh, signs of activity. The probe wasn't advanced enough to figure out if there were specific life signs, mm-hmm. but it just noticed that the colony ship was there and no additional habitats had been built. Nothing... Nothing had been started, and it had been months since it arrived. Yeah, I guess I would give Nima the roundabout of coordinates for where the ship is, so she can find a suitable place to land. I'm going to debrief by saying that we are here to investigate the ship to help any survivors if there are any. There hasn't been any recorded movement or activity going on. These people were supposed to, colon- you know, help colonize this planet, but so far we have not heard anything. So we need to hopefully uh, locate 
any um, survivors and get them off planet. Do we have any idea of any possible security risks, security leaks? What's the chance for danger here? I, I, you, you sign us up for these gigs, and I just want to know more ahead of time. Right? I want to know what I'm going into. Well, um, I can only give you what I was given, which isn't much. The probes can only pick up so much. They can't pick up specific life signs. So um, I am not given any information on how many survivors there are. I'm not given if there's any at all. Um, We do know the ship is there. We need to investigate what happened and where they you know, and locate any survivors. Basically, we're here on a mercy mission to get these people back to where they need to be. And that's all I've been told. Rue rolls her eyes. Yeah, Rue, for you, this is pretty standard fare from Dr. Wana. Dr. Wana's got connections. You know that. Um, She's just probably just playing coy for the moment. She likes to do that. She rolls her eyes again. (laughs) <laughs> so, uh, Nima, you have the coordinates. Uh, yeah, I'll go ahead and take the uh, ship to said coordinates and uh, get ready to land. Okay. You make some adjustments with the flight stick and uh, everyone on board, especially for that matter, Zebo feels the engines turn and pitch. You can hear the actual whine of some of the uh, internal mechanisms. And for your part, Zebo, you're probably a little concerned with the uh, the amount of tilt that the pilot's using, <laughs> but you're fairly certain the Kraken will hold together as it dives towards the atmosphere. Yeah, I might even call, use whatever communication system our ship has to call up to Nima uh, and say something along the lines of, Hey, can you take it easy? I just got this girl patched back up going to do the very best I can, but you have to keep in mind that the sooner we get down, the less you'll have to fix. <laughs> Sigh. And- <laughs> There's a very distinct rumbling as you begin breaching the atmosphere of the planet, which is really only accented by the pilot's um, desire to get into atmospheric space. So I'm not going to require a, a roll, Nima, just because you've you've piloted thousands of craft uh craft hours. You've had thousands of hours of spacecraft, so it's not so much about that. Uh, When you do breach the atmosphere, though, the planet gives a very definitively different visual to you. So uh, this would be especially interesting to you, really to anybody aboard the, the cockpit, the bridge itself, and that is that these temperate zones that you're seeing from several tens of thousand feet now extend far wider visually than they did when you were out in space. The amount of plant, what is seemingly plant matter is tremendous. Are the coordinates I was given still clear for the most part? Well, that's the sticky part of this, right? So the difficult part of this is uh, you have the coordinates of the colony ship. You can't see it from this far up, but if what appears to be true, it, it might be a fairly tight landing. You're really going to have to angle and get uh, get the ship prepared for uh, possibly a, 
we'll, you wouldn't say bumpy. That's the wrong word. A forced landing through the vegetation. And there's no bigger openings to, to take the ship down into that are within visual range. Uh, not that you can see. You're welcome at that point if you want to look for a better landing zone. Hey, give me a wits technology roll for Nima because you'd be using the ship's sensors uh, in that regard. And I'll, I'll even give you a additional D6 for the sensors themselves. All right, fair enough. One success. Okay. Yeah, so you're pretty confident that you can get it down uh, in there. You're just really going to have to... Well, people are probably going to have to put on landing-assisted buckles. You're going to have to strap in because it it's not just possibly going to be bumpy. It is. All right, everybody, strap in. We're going to be taking a hard landing. There's not going to be any... Thing gentle about this one. That's the opposite of what I wanted to hear. Just try to keep her in one piece. I will take my seat and buckle up. Yeah, you sit back. I would imagine all of you do. Some of you probably with a, a fairly knowing groan at what's coming next. The uh, the Kraken isn't necessarily the um, fastest ship that you've uh, had at your command. It's probably also not maybe the most glamorous ship. Uh, but she can take an absolute beating, uh, unfortunately, for the ship's deckhand, of course. <laughs> so, Allie, if you would have Nima give me an agility and pilot roll, and I am going to put you at a one-die penalty for the terrain. Four successes. Oh, wow. Okay, so multiple successes can be spent. So you have unlocked some additional successes. Three or more are critical, is a critical success. So that means that you're going to get an opportunity to spend dice on the critical table. So what I'll say is with a critical success on piloting, you can perform a maneuver flawlessly and you achieve an unexpected and positive side effect. The GM decides the details. Isn't that wonderful? So I'll say this. Those of you on the bridge watch the craft do something that you wish it didn't. So Nima takes this thing at a very steep angle. When Nima gets just about into position where you think that the literally the bottom end of the Kraken is going to collide with this massive set of branches uh, that are near this, uh, this colony ship, Nima flips the yoke on the Kraken and you literally barrel roll into a different position to get under that branch to prevent you from colliding with God knows how much tonnage of wood and plant matter. And they settle the craft directly down onto the ground. And there's even the slightest little bit of bump as you land with the landing gear out. And for your part, Nima, it looks like all that time as a fighter pilot has really paid off. Now, you see, folks, that was smooth as silk and wasn't anything to worry about. Fantastic as usual, Nima. Love it. Praise be to the gambler for letting that maneuver work. You've arrived on planet, Dr. Wana. All right, then. Is everybody ready to collect their things? Let's get to this ship. Rue's already out. What? I thought that you said this was a ship. Is it landed on here? Yeah, so from the main viewer, Rue, you'd have the ability to see that this colony ship was landed. Now, that causes your mind to do a couple of things, right? 
First of all, this colony ship likely should still be in orbit. It shouldn't be on the planet. Exactly. So that is a red flag immediately for your, um, for your, from your own spacefaring history and, quite frankly, your time uh, in the in the military. Uh, you don't know why it's landed on planet. It would be very difficult to serve its purpose if it's on the planet. Two, it doesn't look like it landed in a proper positioning either. You don't see any landing struts. You don't see any of the framework that something this size, this, this colony ship is uh, is more of a seed ship in the sense that it's a, a smaller one, right? So it's probably a probably five to maybe six times larger than the Kraken. So it's got some heft to it, but it would need uh, all of the, for lack of a better word, all of the framework and accoutrement to land stably on a planet like this because the, the weight of this ship alone is... It doesn't have landing gear to properly hold it. That's not what it's meant to do. So that's a red flag out of the gate. Rue is already strapping in, locking and loading. Yeah, you can't uh, you can't get away from that legionnaire mentality in that regard. You know something is going on here. Yeah, Zebo's going to uh, put together kind of an away bag of whatever tools are most likely going to be needed to to if the if this ship needs to be patched up so that we can use it or so we can get information or people off of it, then I'll I'll bring some basic tools. Okay. Sure. And Dr. Wanner, for your part? I'm grabbing my gear and uh, I'll be headed first to the ship. Before you leave the ship, does anyone here want to spend a moment in prayer to their icon? And if they do, what would you be praying for? Zebo is pretty devout, so he definitely would have spent some time praying to the gambler for luck and prosperity on our mission that we can accomplish it and that we'll meet our goals. Yeah, the doctor would spend time um, with the dancer to um, pray for quick and harmless Mission, basically get in, get what you need, get out. Rue would spend a moment, as she does, in in solace and prayer. She has a pretty strong relationship with the judge. And to her, that is her feeling like the judge sets the balance for the universe, right? The judge is the one who keeps things fair. And so as her relationship is that she is the peacemaker in her violence. That's what she does. She brings... Uh, peace through violence and she prays to the judge to to sort of like guide her hand to make sure that she is uh, providing the fairness that the universe needs and then Nima for the the, for your part what do you think if if Nima was going to offer prayer to their icon in what way would they do it they would definitely be praying for just holding everything together whether that's themselves or the ship or the mission that's that's the ultimate goal. So you kind of each come out of that, those moments, knowing that each other, maybe, knowing that each other has a very different icon that you all that you all seek uh, their guidance for. As you come together by that main door, does the crew join together for a moment of reflection or uh, solace or? agreement before heading out 
I would think that there would be a pause of all of us together before we all step out. Well, you're the captain, Captain. I would pause and look at everybody before we uh, head out on planet. Make sure everybody's got basically their stuff sorted out with their icon. I feel like there would be, at least from Rue, you know, it's like sort of like making the cross, right? Like whatever the judge, you know, the balance, like a little hand, a little symbol, right? Is And that's, she's bringing that, that judgment, that fairness to the crew. Excellent. The group collects itself. I guess the question would be then for Nima is, is Nima staying on the Kraken or are you heading out with them? Oh, no, I'll be going with them. I just need to finish uh, making sure that the ship's not going to go anywhere. With the piloting role, you have undeniably secured the Kraken into this position. You're probably even at the um, chagrin of some other folks who are maybe worried about a landing like this. <laughs> but that said, you know that takeoff will, will likely be a little complicated unless you're just going to force the Kraken through the canopy, which isn't impossible. It just, well, you're not really sure if Zebo would appreciate that. I'll apologize later. As is the way. You all get collected up. So your various kits and whatnots um, all prepared to head out. Um, it'll be a short trek uh, to the colony ship itself. It's probably no more than 100 meters from the Kraken to the colony ship. So once the plank comes down for the Kraken, uh, it lands on a fairly, a fairly hard piece of vegetation. And just really the first senses that you get uh, from the location, just from the, the, the ramp lowering, is that there maybe not all of this is super hard, but it looks like, to their credit, Nemus found a place to, uh, to land properly. I guess one other question I have... You guys are all getting kitted up. Is anyone wearing breathing masks? Is anybody wearing full enviro suits? Like, what preparations are you taking? So, oh yeah, I'll be wearing my um, the exoskeleton, which she's got the exoshell. What's yeah. the atmosphere like here? Um, just getting a read on it as far as the ship sensors go, because there's a, there's a readout panel directly at the exiting ramp for the Kraken, so you can read the relative pressures and temperatures it seems fairly um, carbon life form friendly you don't have at least any visual cue from the surface that anything here is would be considered immediately dangerous but you as a soldier would know that that sensors maybe don't always tell the full tale so you might personally be at least willing to put on some sort of breathing mask to make sure that you have a separate direct supply of oxygen for heading out. That might be something that Rue would say, yeah, sensors say we're fine, but I'm taking the extra precaution. I was just thinking because, I mean, we're on um, a planet that we're not familiar with, mm -hmm. and we have no idea what happened to the crew. I know I have what I need to do, but, you know, at the same time, I need to survive it. So, sure. I, I mean, mean you just have exoshell on her sheet, so yep. I mean, if there's like a, basically like a bulletproof vest or something you know basically <laughs> she would maybe grab that instead sure yeah i would say that she absolutely given that it's her vessel she has access to something that is a little bit more form-fitting and a little less power armor required right than the exosuit so yeah absolutely i mean she'd probably prefer that anyways because it's more 
agile. Yeah, and I would say that that's true basically across the board, right? So something that is a little bit less than, yeah, something like a light armor, probably a lot like what Rue has, maybe a little less, um, maybe slightly less protective, just because given Rue's role with the crew, they're going to want to protect themselves probably a little bit better, just knowing that they're going to be in direct combat. And remember, an exosuit is for more of a specific... It has a specific purpose, right? It's not a bunch of power arm to walk. It's, a, it's literally to help you excavate and move things around. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's, it's bulky. Right. But yeah, you'd all have access to that um, as necessary. Then that's definitely what I would be going with as well, just because I'm sure I've crashed enough fighter jets on various planets to know that an extra... Oxygen supply is probably wise. Yeah, just don't talk about it. Just don't tell people about the number of planes you've crashed. It's fine. So you all get suited up. The ramp lowers. Are we going to go with the idea that people are wearing breathing masks? Or are we going to just... Who's going to trust the ship sensors? And who isn't? That's my question. Uh, Well, I don't know. We had to take kind of a hard landing. Um, but also, I'm in charge of repairing the ship, so... Feel like any if anyone trusts it, I should, but I don't trust this planet, um, or its flora or its fauna. So, uh, Zebo will probably be in the exo show. I will probably see once we open the doors if I can test the air before I decide whether or not the quality is good. Yeah, absolutely. So, that's totally something within your purview. Uh, with your tools. So if you want to use the sensor pad directly next to the the ramp down to get a more direct look uh, at the overall makeup of the planet's atmosphere, and you have your own scanners and whatnot. So if you want to make a specific role for it, then absolutely. It's, it would be, it's probably going to be with science and then uh, an additional die for your piece of equipment. Okay. Ooh, there we go. So one. Yep, and one is all you need. So there is a really high concentration in comparison on this planet of nitrogen, a little bit more than your you were first expecting. It is a pretty heavy populated plant atmosphere, and so maybe that's the cause of it. But as far as its concern towards life, you don't you don't think it'll be an issue. You wouldn't not wear a mask. Uh, you would if you if you if you feel it's necessary, but it doesn't look like sensor-wise, it's it's completely necessary. Yeah, I'll probably just like keep the mask on me for emergency purposes, but probably then not wear it because if it's not necessary, then we, you know, why waste the oxygen when we could use it in a pinch if we need to? Sure. Okay. So gang planes down. Who's out first? Oh, Rue, of course. She's wearing, she's not going to wear her kit, uh, her exo shell. She's just going to be wearing her light armor with, with her oxygen mask. And, you know, she just established a perimeter very quickly. Okay. Yeah, you step out first, Rue, onto this vegetative floor. Um, it's pretty thick and just in the five to maybe 10 meter range, visually up to about, I'd say probably up to about four or five meters in height. Uh, it's fairly thick vegetation. The growth here is pretty strong. Beyond that, when you get into some of the larger structures, which are probably about 20 to 25 
meters out the actual what you would deem as trees or, or large growth plant life um, it's even thicker it's uh, a minefield of vegetation although so far you haven't seen any larger life forms avian mammalian nothing yet what's the sounds like is it filled with the sounds and screams of creatures or is it quiet it's in your immediate area right now it's mostly the buzz of insects there are a few what you think are bird calls but they're fairly far off you see echoes of them there's not a lot of rustling in the vegetation either so i mean i would say direct animal rustling right so the the vegetation moves back and forth these long bladed flowers and um, wide petals vine up until they reach the larger well the larger trees themselves and all sorts of colors so whether it be pink or yellow or green there's some very pretty emerald tipped flowers here that kind of trace themselves along uh, the vegetative floor almost in a webbed pattern looks clear to me Thank you. And uh, let's uh, move in towards the ship. See if we can get in. You guys move closer to the ship. Uh, As you do so, what I would like you all to do is give me a fairly rudimentary perception roll. So that will be uh, your wits and observation. Rue is totally distracted by... She's got a bad feeling about it, but she's not on point... Um, and it's just not feeling it, so she did not succeed. I got one. Okay. I got uh, zero successes. (laughs) I also got one. Fantastic. So, Doctor and Nima, as you're approaching the ship, and keep in mind that the entire group is fairly well distracted by being on a completely new planet. And whether you're a legionnaire or just somebody that fixes ships, you're probably on the lookout for anything that might be just kind of waiting to eat whatever has arrived (laughs) from off-world. But for the two of you specifically, um, the one thing you notice as you're approaching this colony ship is that there are a fairly large set of vehicular tracks that lead away from it at one point, and they lead due east. And they're thick, like, I I wouldn't say tank treads per se, but it's fairly close to that sort of uh, marking. Right? It's likely some sort of ground vehicle that's made for basically whatever terrain it lands on. Now, would we know that that vehicle was like a vehicle like that was on the ship? I would say of the two of you, uh, Nima is more likely to know more about a colonization ship just based upon a hardware. But it wouldn't be outside the purview of the doctor to know some of the manifested hardware that a ship might keep on it for such a mission. So you probably could both surmise that in that sense, that it, it's likely this is this was made by a landing craft that may have been inside the vessel at one point and would have normally been used on planet uh, when uh, the colonists, the smaller vessels, arrived after being sent from, from orbit. I will um, point out the tire treads uh, to or the you know tracks, anyways to Rue, and then um, still head towards the door of the ship. Any evidence of any foul play or 
danger, you know, um, evidence of combat, anything like that uh, on the ship? Does it look to be functioning as it should? I, I think that's probably the biggest thing that Rue would key in on. One, there's no carbon scoring. There's no ablative damage to the, the underside of the ship, meaning it doesn't look like it was shot down. Uh, you don't find any evidence of gear or spent magazines or bodies as you approach the ship. You also, and this is probably something that Zeebo would pick on first, uh, pick out first would be the colony ship is cold. It's dead quiet. The engines aren't running in any shape or form. The batteries, auxiliary batteries are not running in the back and they should be. Uh, And so there's no hum, even uh, an electrical hum from the ship. And that is off-putting. Do we know how long it's been since we last heard from this ship? Uh, The captain would know three months. Does it feel like three months cold? No, but the only real way to tell would be to check the timers inside the ship to know how long it's been out, and that would be in the engine section. Sure. Rue will per- patrol the perimeter while I presume someone else is going to get us inside. Yes, I'm going to attempt get us inside. Okay. So, Dr. Wana, you, I guess the question would be is if you're searching around the ship for an entry path, the closest entry path is going to be the manned cargo area. Okay. Which, which is about 10 meters... Uh, from your current position up and on the side of the ship. Basically, the ship's shape anyway is much like a... It's an elongated rectangle, right? It's almost like a whale in that regard. Mm -hmm. Although there's no big fin on the back of it. So about halfway up the... uh, As you're looking at it, the right side of this whale is a a door that is normally meant for these uh, seed vessels to come out. And it's accessible. It hasn't completely sunk into the vegetation here. And so you think that if you can get the big cargo door open, you can at the very least get into the ship and see what the situation is. Okay. Then I will point out the door and say, if we can get that cargo door open, that's going to probably be our best way in. I'd be happy to try to crack this egg open for you, Captain. I think that's about the way to go about it, because before we follow those tracks, I think we need to find out what happened to this ship. Mike, can I reasonably access that? Like, will I have to... Is It's low enough to the ground, right? Yeah, you're going to have access, but you also know that the access panel for this thing is going to be an absolute bitch to get into. Yeah, that's... uh, I'm fine with that. (laughs) I have some skills. If I can try to crack it open, that's that's what I would like to do. Okay. So you get closer and closer to this ship, and it really feels like, for you, especially Zeebo, like not feeling the ship hum, not feeling it alive mm-hmm. is... It probably almost puts you in a bit of a... You, you, feel, you feel like something has been lost already. And you feel like your icon especially would would want you to to take a chance to see if you could get this thing going it's untapped potential right here for you yep breathe some life back into this girl you bet so what i'd like from Zebo specifically is going to be a wits uh, technology role 
Okay, so then do I just roll the three that are my technology skill? So, Or do I also add wits to that? You add wits, and so it's wit to technology together. Cool, that's eight <laughs> d6s. Mm-hmm. Let me grab the there. Gonna have to keep that crit table open and handy. Mm-hmm. So I would like to pray <laughs> to the gambler because <laughs> I rolled zero uh, sixes. It's harder than it looks. It really is. Um, even though the they, I saw the table with the probability of you rolling a six and eight seemed very high, but it's not high enough. So I would like to uh, pray to the gambler. We're close, uh, but you know, Zebo really sees uh, ships as a, a living thing for him to take care of, and it deeply bothers him to see this one in its current state. So he's he's praying to the gambler for help so that he can crack into this ship, find these people, and possibly, you know, bring some of them to the light of the icons through his work. Understood. So since you are going to be re-rolling and you have prepared beforehand leaving the ship, I will offer you an additional die from the gambler to you in hopes okay. that you're a little bit luckier this time. Okay. Here we go. Okay, well, I still haven't rolled that gambler die yet because I didn't have enough D6s, so we'll <laughs> see how that one goes. Okay, so I didn't roll any sixes again. And Zebo's really about to have a crisis of faith. Deeply bothered by this. So you work hard to get the panel off of the cargo access area. And you stare at technology that you've seen countless times. And you know that if you move these three wires here and you you use your tools to properly access the machine, that you should be able to force open it based upon an emergency. You try that three times and it just, it won't give. And so you stop for a moment and you beseech the gambler for just a little bit of luck to get this thing open. And for whatever reason... They don't answer. Yes, this is a very, I don't, I don't know if disheartening is the word as much as almost uh, terrifying because the gambler was my savior. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, I, I was saved from a life of scavenging. Um, so I'm not, this has, this must be a test. This has to be a test. Your pad beeps and you see that the, automatic lockdown on the cargo hold has been put into place from your fumbling. <laughs> it's been made harder to get into. Mm-hmm. I think the term is you break it, you buy it. Yeah. Cap, I don't know if this is the way that we're going to get in. I'm I'm not entirely sure what's going on, but I I, I can't get this open. Do you have a better suggestion of the best way to get in? I don't know. Is there a window we could break or something? No. (laughs) (laughs) So there is, and you would know this given your um, familiarity with ships. You know that if you go directly to the back of the ship near the engines, that there is another way to get in. It is not the way that you want to enter the ship because it is essentially a solid mass porthole. It's what the ship uses to eject 
matter that it doesn't use. Yes. Uh, yes, we uh, we can go in through the back door. It's not as nice as the front door, uh, but I think we can, can get in through the, the porthole back there. Well, if you think it's easier, let's go that way. The nice part for you, Zio, is that they don't normally keep lockdown procedures on that because it has to be used to eject things. But you don't know after three months if that's going to be the greatest thing to Mm-mm. use. No. But it is a way in. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So you, you walk the not so far distance back towards the ship and then you begin to move right around the back of these massive engines and you locate that entry point. So I'll just give you a very similar technology roll. Okay. Is and that to get it open? It is to get it open. You will need a little, was... a little finessing to get the um, the back door open. Okay, because I was going to suggest that Rue go first, not just to clean it out. I'm not going to say that, but also in case something's inside. Okay, so now I got two sixes. Wonderful. Uh, so this hole seems to be far easier to get into than the larger one, and uh, with a few preparatory you know, uh, workings by your tools, it opens and lots of stuff comes out. Um, hey, hey, Rue, you want to go in first in case there's something dangerous on the other side? <laughs> she kind of looks sideways at you. Uh, just, you know, just the thought since you're, you know, our muscle. She looks in like, what is, is this? This is a, <laughs> uh, this is a storage chamber. The ship's back door, yes. The ship's back door, as it were. So she kind of pokes her head in. And when you said lots of stuff comes out, like, are are we talking about, like, actual, like, human waste? Or is it garbage? No, it is garbage. So it is not human waste. Uh, That Actually, the way uh, this ship works, as far as that sort of thing goes, is all that stuff gets broken down and reused. This is much more... uh, any additional refuse that might be available is processed. All of the things that cannot be used are taken out. And then this matter is basically the stuff that is unusable. The issue with that from your perspective is that it smells much like, I don't know if you've smelled like the inside of a, a an oil burning generator at all. Um, it's an acrid smell and uh, it's not going to be pleasant. You're going to get, it's going to get all over you because it's this, miasma that is is in the, both the air and then on the sidewalls itself under her breath so she's got a, she, she's got her little gas mask on right it's really just an air filter and she puts that on and mumbles underneath her underneath her breath to the judge like oh like you know she's fully devout and so this is clearly just just like you know, the the previous interaction with um with the gambler like oh well this is what the icons expect from us right so there's very much a, a point of like and and you know slap on uh slap on the gas it's not even a gas mask right slap on the air filter it's 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 a i would say a small uh semi flexible plastic that's placed over your face at least the nose and mouth there are uh straps that strap it to your head to secure it in place and then basically there's a tank a small tank of oxygen that that either dangles in front of you or is clippable to your the, the breastplate of your armor or some part on your jacket. Yeah, and then she plunges in. Okay. So uh, this is, it's not hard to get in, per se. 
but you're going to have to make a, at least a single either climbing or athletics roll to I would say it's probably based in Coriolis it would probably be for a force roll and that's simply to just pull yourself along and up uh, Zebo, you would know that the shaft is probably about 10 meters or so until you get into the disposal and engine waste area. So you know that it's, it's about a 30 foot or so climb. So force or dexterity, both are the same for me. So she'll kind of force her way in, right? She's blazing a path as well. Mm-hmm. Yep. One success. Okay. So since you're now in, Rue will have the ability to assist anyone else to get in. Uh, if others need help up. You're basically, with a single roll, you're about halfway up. Can you go around and just unlock the other... No, I'm kidding. <laughs> right? <laughs> right, just let yeah. us... Go ahead and bring... Just, come we'll wait front. for you. <laughs> no, see, that's exactly what should happen. And and even if that's not what Dr. Wana says, that's what Rue is... Ex- like, in her mind, she's waiting for you to say that, right? <laughs> oh, I'm sure the doctor's, like, standing there, like, looking at the other door, looking here, looking at the other door... She'll go in with everybody else. Yeah, so I, I would say this much for your for your sake, as far as the color uh, and flavor for you, Rue. Um, her two or three second of of uh, looking back towards the other door is not uncaught by your eyes, right? And but she's back to work. She's definitely like her personal motto is definitely like if you need something done right, you got to do it herself. So yeah, uh, she, so she's in here and she's she's not only she's got a rifle strapped to her back, right? And she's she's kind of climbing through this literally this garbage. This it's all like compressed carbon, right? And these these chunks that uh, that fall apart, right? So it's not really safe. You know, it's not like there are these blocks, but you step on them in the wrong way and they just. Poof, Right, collapse into dust, right? And and so she's kind of like working her way through and testing stuff, and saying, you know, sort of like making sure that people can follow her. Yeah. So I guess everybody else, give me your force rolls and we'll go from there. Force? Yep. Just basically a strength, um, or force or strength, whichever is higher, sorry. Okay. Awesome. Sweet. I think you were saying force or dexterity. Right, right. Sorry. Force or dexterity. Correct. Oh, okay. No, Yeah, it's force and strength or dexterity and agility. Right. And if you don't have anything, then it just becomes a zero and you roll the base. I got two. Nice. I'm back to not rolling any successes. Okay. So I I suppose in that regard, then, Rue, you can see that Zebo is struggling a little bit. (laughs) Rue's not going to help me. No, he's like, no. And I'm like, I'm sorry, gambler. I know that this was meant for me and I should have went first and not... (laughs) Yep, you knew. You knew better. That's not rude. So Zebo's struggling. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, she'll she'll lean over with her her uh, with her rifle and and uh, you know here 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 and uh, the little prayer to uh, the judge. Okay. Yeah. So go ahead and I get you get what one die. Yeah. Thanks for help. That did not do the trick. <laughs> okay. So we won't belabor this point too much. So what I'll say, right, uh, let me get to you two in a, in a second. Allie, for Nima's part, what's their um, outcome? Oh, I got two successes, but I was also planning on being the last one in just to make sure that we were still covered. Just because I'm piloting a regular starship now doesn't mean that my fighter pilot instincts have completely gone out the window. <laughs> sure. So I'll say this much, given the successes that, that you have and that what's available. Um, so between the, the pulling that Rue does 
<laughs> the, the pushing that Nima does. Um, you get Zebo up the shaft. And <laughs> uh, sorry, I'm twelve. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. It's staying in. And the the lot of you eventually kind of tumble out onto a, a point in uh, the deck here on the lower decks. I'm going to pull out my pad. I would assume I would have like some kind of display that would basically give me the general layout of the ship. Yep. All right. And then um, we should head to the bridge to see um, what information they have stored there. Uh, any logs, anything like that. If we want to split up, then I would suggest Zebo could check out what is going on with the systems, why it's cold, why we have no power, why things aren't working, or why this was even grounded in the first place. You begin to explore the very very specific spots. Correct. I mean, I don't know if as long as they listened. So a few things become readily apparent as soon as you get onto the vessel. Uh, those of you who do not have breathers on smell a very, very heavy, it's almost a musk in the air here. It's a heavy pheromonal musk. Whether it's animal or whether it's something else, it's a little hard to discern. Those of you who have breathers on don't get the scent element of this, obviously. Does do any readings come off of that as far as like air quality? Mm, yeah, the air quality percentage has dropped a little bit. The bay itself that you eventually get into here is filled with these massive containers. These are racks and racks of containers. Now, this is something Rue would know immediately as, yeah, these are things that were supposed to be prepared into selections of cargo racks and then shipped out when vessels left the colony ship. These shouldn't even be here. They should be somewhere else. That is, if the colony was properly, mm, like, created. What's that all the word I'm looking for, right? Yeah. If they had begun that process properly. Right. Which it doesn't look like they have. And I point that out to him. So in your immediate area, uh, beyond these cargo containers, uh, you can see just a little bit as you kind of begin to get around some of the containers. It looks like just beyond the, the first couple of containers, a little campfire was set up. There's a couple of chairs here. You don't see any um, bodies or, or any people. You see sleeping masks nearby, four or five of them. There's a, a long dead fire pit, essentially. It looks like something, like a almost like a trash bin has been flipped over and made into some sort of elevated fire pit, likely for the cooking of food. You can see that there are skewers nearby, four or five of them. And it appears as if those food materials, there's like empty bags of, of emergency rations that are spilled about in the area here. Well, uh, Rue's on point. So she's going to, I mean, which direction to the to the bridge, Captain? Um, I would explain whatever direction it shows on my basically blue sh blueprint. Captain, if it's okay with you, I'd like to take a look around engineering, see if I can th get things up and running. Sounds good. Um... I think that somebody should go with you. Yeah, teams of two for sure, at minimum. 
Well, I think it would be pertinent to have you up on the bridge, considering you would know more about the flight systems. Maybe have Rue go with Zebo down to engineering. Yeah, I have greater trust in Nima than I do of the doctor. So, sure. I'll go with okay. Zebo. Rue and Zebo would know that engineering, the controls for it are going to be fairly close by, especially with this type of vessel. Mm-hmm. They're probably just in the middle of the cargo space where main engineering kind of sits and rests because it has to have such close control over both the engines and then the, um, what are in effect, cargo uh, dispensers. These these big, almost semi-trailer sized pods that are around you, they have to be picked up by exosuits, put into position and fired out of the, the cargo bay, which will be about probably 10 or well, probably about 25 meters north of you. Which direction to the engine room? I think we're in it. Yeah, of a sort, yeah. Okay. But the, con- the controls for it are going to be north. And that's also something you'd pick up on too, Rue, is that uh, as you kind of fit your way through these cargo containers, you can tell that some of them have been moved. And as you get on the other side of that by this big exosuit loader, uh, which is to your right, you can tell another thing that is immediately obvious, and that is someone was in that exosuit and they moved several of these containers into a protective position. And now the judge is whispering in your ear that it's time to be way more on guard. Hey, Captain, I'm not liking this. Can we stick together? Sure. What do you What do you see in? And she points out just points out the the protective, um, so like circle the wagons that's happened here. Mm-hmm. And do I see any other evidence of any any blood any again, like evidence of combat or threats at all. So in this specific area, you see that a lot of what you would deem as tactical gear has been shed. Like there's a couple of empty rifles that lay on the ground and you can see that there are spent magazines as well. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll kneel down and, and pick one up and kind of, you know, I don't know what we're using here. I don't know whether sniffing it is appropriate, but just sort of like looking for it, what it's it's been used for her, right? Yeah. Does it have, is it, is it, okay, it's just the magazines are empty or is it like, oh, wow, this thing has been, you know, used in hand-to-hand combat, right? Like, just kind of give it a once over. Yeah, I think Rude probably pretty easily pick out that the, this is a, this is for some sort of uh, energy weapon, they're the rifles there. You can tell from the carbon and scoring marks on the adapter plate where it fits into the rifle itself that this magazine was fired at a high, high rate of speed. It wasn't a measured, careful aim firing of somebody like who has your experience. Someone panicked when they fired. And the, the magazine's been cooked, essentially. Not that it's unusable, it couldn't be recharged, but you would have to, you'd have to clean the adapter plate. You'd probably have to change it out. You have to make sure that it could properly store the energy. So for certain, something happened here. Eyes up, stay frosty. Which they don't know what means at all. But, I, you know. I do. Well, we hear you say it all the time. <laughs> right, but no one's ever... Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're like... you're Now you're rolling your eyes at me. Like, I know, I know. I'm going to look over at Rue. So can it be assumed that maybe then they escaped the way that we came in? No, I don't think so. Was there any evidence of people leaving out the... the... No, and you would know this pretty quickly, and Zevo would probably be able to give you a a fairly quick uh, agreement in this is 
there wouldn't the ship doesn't automatically store that matter it only does it when the ship's producing something which means uh, no one used that as an exit hmm. so then I guess the question becomes where are they this seems like a terrible place to corner yourself if you weren't going to leave I presume that the engineering access center is closer here than the bridge maybe we hit that first yeah Zebo, you'd know it should be just around the corner to the left really yeah it's pretty close to here Okay, let's go take a look. As you turn this corner uh, and get a little bit closer left, you start seeing um, in the in the light here, the, the suit light that you have, you start seeing these long vegetative tendrils. They're big, thick vines that have grown here on the ship deck. Uh, and they kind of seem to have poked out of holes in the cargo deck. Now, it's possible, Zebo, that some of these have entered because when the ship landed, it didn't have the proper framework to land on, and so it just kind of collapsed onto the planet. And so there's possibly there's penetration points underneath the belly of this whale of a ship, and that's how they got in. If that's the case, then that means that the ship is not spaceworthy. Yeah, if we want to get this thing going... Um, not that we have to, but it's she'd, she'd need patched up to fly again. It's like I said to you guys earlier, though. I don't trust the flora or fauna here. I don't think it's so much uh, getting this in the air as more as maybe getting some power. Uh, yeah, let's uh, we'll see if we can get her going. I guess uh, we're stepping around the vine then, or, or staying away from it, Zebo, from your from your perspective. I am staying. <laughs> away from me, yes. I don't know uh, what's inside these things, or uh, I, I don't trust the situation uh, at all, really. I don't know. If if Dr. Wano wants to get in there and sign some stuff up, more power to her, but uh, not me. I mean, I'm probably going to scan them and figure okay. out what, you know, potentially I can get from it. Yeah, go, go ahead. Go ahead and science the shit out of it, as one might say. The shit out of it. All right. Nice. Yep, that's with science. And then, uh, given your prayer to the icon previously, you can have an additional die as well. And then, Zebo, for your part, oh, as you get a look at the main engineering console here, mm-hmm. you can see that there has there's not only vegetation covering it, but there's also physical damage to the panel. Oh, that's not good. Does it look like it's going to be accessible at all? Am I going to have to like pull uh, something out to repair it? Yeah, likely it will need to be repaired. The panel, at least, just so you can get the proper visual. You're going to have to at least clean and pick some of the vegetation from it so you can get to the the actual um, input device, the keyboards themselves. Uh, and then, yeah, you're going to have to kind of do a little bit of a fixer-upper job. You might even have to take pieces from other parts of the console to, mm-hmm. to get this to properly function. Yeah, I'll, I'll probably uh, get to work on it. I don't know if I'd touch the vines because I don't, don't trust things. <laughs> so I might just use my tools to kind of like move them away without touching them. Sure. I don't like this at all and I I don't know if the gambler is with me today or not, so mm, yes. I, I don't know how much to test my luck. Okay, so I see that uh, the doctor has made a, a science roll. One success. Okay. Yeah, I mean, this is 
plant-based vegetation, it it's a little bit concerning, I guess, of how robust it is, just given in a few months that it's had to grow. Mm-hmm. Where does it seem where it's growing out of? I'm sorry if you covered that. But. No, no, not at all. So Dr. Wana can kind of continue the vine back if she wants. Uh, it seems to lead back deeper uh, in between these cargo bins, these long kind of semi-trailer sized cargo bins that are stacked up. Okay, but like I can't see any like dirt or waste or anything that this would grow out of? Nope. Interesting. Okay. And then what is Nima doing during this time? So, yeah, let's go ahead and go... I'm going to go ahead and go north down this unexplored hallway yet and uh, okay. see what I can find. Nocebo and Rue are kind of... One is looking at the panel, and I imagine Rue is still kind of overwatch to make sure that nothing seeps out of this darkness at them yes. directly. The main cargo area seems to be in in shambles. The containers, large and small, uh, are scattered about this deck. There's no visible power points available, meaning other than the lights that your equipment emit, everything else is dark. Uh, So you're using basically hand lights or lights attached to your suit uh, to keep yourselves... uh, aware of a, a visual of what's going on. For your part, Nima, as you look around, there's a small collection of these vines as you kind of search out a little bit further. And you will, you see your first sign of actual life. And that is a very small, maybe no more than six or seven inch long lizard that appears at the end of one of these vines. It's got a long nose and bulbous kind of green head probably no bigger than your thumb wide uh, but it kind of scent licks the air and then scampers back up one of the vines it's attached to but it is the first sign of actual life you see those definitely shouldn't be in here because that would mean that there's uh, more going on with the ship than we're aware of there shouldn't be extra life forms in this and then as far as the uh instrumentation panel goes if uh, Zebo, if you'd like to make another roll and just hope the gambler is with you today uh, yes I will is that going to be technology and wits again or? it would be yes um, oh boy is he uh, three successes wonderful okay so that is a critical success on technology. Um, so you get the panel <laughs> cleared off of vegetation. Uh, you don't touch it. You use your tools to kind of scrape away at it and, and give yourself a clear working space. It's, it's almost infuriating that this thing has been left like this. You get a real personal, immediate connection as if some someone's mistreated it. Um, but you get the keyboards in place and you now have a an actual visual of some of the uh, immediate engine work and amazingly praise the gambler. Uh, you see a, a series of buttons and dials that will allow you to restart the auxiliary batteries of the ship. Yes, I definitely want to do that. Okay. So you 
press a few dials and uh, with uh, some of your compatriots nearby, probably Rue looks over uh, over their shoulder just just slightly and sees that uh, it looks like Zebo's got something cooking. Fantastic. We'd love to have some more light on. And the icons make it so. And you hear a very light rumble and then a hum and just like that one by one tiny little auxiliary lights start lighting up on the ship and I imagine Zebo like lets out a, a large uh, breath of relief um, he's he's happy uh, to have the the ship coming alive again good job so with the additional lighting uh, on this deck you get a really nice view of a lot of things and unfortunately not all of them are pleasant so with this specifically with the lighting on you can see that this entire deck at least north is pretty well covered with pretty thick vegetation so Zebo, you know that north of you, not but maybe 20 meters, are, should be an elevator and then a stairway that leads up to further decks. Uh, you also know that not far from here, uh, anyway, is the front airlock and cargo bay. Mm-hmm. So you have, with the lights on here at least a little bit, you have a little bit more assuredness that the darkness has been pushed back, at least for now. Do we think there's enough power for the elevator to be functional or not with just auxiliary batteries? Do I think we should should take the stairs? <laughs> you you know two things are true. One, on the auxiliary batteries only, depending on how long they last, mm-hmm. you you know for certain that you're gonna have to either continue to get power yeah. main main power up for the elevator work, mm-hmm. or you're gonna be rolling the dice, so to speak, as far mm-hmm. as the elevator goes. Yeah. Cap, unfortunately, we still have just auxiliary power. I could keep working to get uh, main power if you want, but at least for now we can uh, see our way around the place. Do we have any, with auxiliary power, would we have access to any of the controls upstairs or like um, captain's log or ship's log if there is one? No, all that stuff is going to be accessible specifically from, uh, it's going to be further up. Right. Yeah, we don't need more power necessarily for that yet, right? No, you don't need more power for it. Okay. Okay, this should get us by for now, though, Captain. Thank you. Good job. With this kind of power, are we going to be able to have access to the information on the bridge? No. Zeebo will have to keep working. You know that. Okay. Why don't we look around here and have Zeebo continue to work so that we can get a little bit more power? Yeah, just stay in shouting range, please. Will do. Okay, so the Rue and Wana, then you're heading towards uh, the front cargo area. Are you going to go what you believe is right, which for Rue you would know is likely an equipment area, like a locker, a series of lockers and equipment, uh, or left, which um, while is heavier with vegetation, leads towards uh, the ladder and the elevator. Hmm. I think we're going to head toward the ladder and the, the elevator to see how, how sort of bad this is. 
the vegetation here, especially in the corridors, is uh, it's reasonably thick. It covers the floor and probably about a foot or so up the wall. It also ties in with some of the other vines that are in this area, too. Uh, there's dark, there's quite a considerable amount of darkness here, just uh, based off the plant life. So all the flowers in this area specifically are purples uh, and even darker shades of that, and then maybe some dark reds. You begin to see patterns, Dr. Wana, in uh, the corners here. The corner colors seem to be a lot darker. The vine colors that the flowers that, that, that are on, on those vines seem to be a lot lighter in color. Uh, the further out they are from from the corners. Do these plants respond? I kick one. Does it respond in any sh- way to my kicking it? No, it doesn't seem to. Well, then, yeah, we'll try to pry our way through this door and see if we can. I mean, we're trying to get up to the bridge. Although we just noticed we're waiting for more power to come on to get to the bridge, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Well, then maybe I, I kind of look back. Let's go the other way and come back around. Um, let's see what's over here. Just scoping out the rest of the floor. Um, and come back the other way. Okay. So if the two of you head back the other way, you find a locked uh, airlock door. Uh, it's not an airlock, sorry. It's a locked door outside an equipment closet. And you, you're fairly certain that Zebo could probably just open it given the, their controls over the ship at this point. I whistle loudly. It's one of my special talents. <laughs> I guess I have a, I guess I have a rebreather on, so... I can't quite whistle. You whistle into the rebreather. It's a little strange. It's a muffin. Yeah. Hey, can you get this door open? Uh, yeah, maybe. Absolutely. Um, So it's it's not any more than just going to a different submenu and tapping on the reactive display that the screen offers. And then uh, for those of you in front of the door, you can hear the hiss begin of the hydraulic release. Uh, You also know this, as you release this, Zeebo, you know that... um, it might be a little hard to close that door after it's open because you're basically releasing the hydraulics from their closed position. You'll need main power to shut the door. All right. Well, I can get it open, but I can't get it back closed for you guys. So, Famous last words. <laughs> it, it hisses open, and there is a emergency light lit equipment room. It looks like a lot of the equipment here is has been gone through, you immediately see that basically uh, every rifle and pistol weapon that has been restored here at one point, Rue, is gone. That's not good, considering that they never actually got the colony kit out of here. She kind of looks over her shoulder at the <laughs> at the doctor, like squint eyes, right? Like, what are we doing here? But it, she doesn't say anything, right? It's just, a, it's just one of those looks. I'm going to pretend like I didn't see it. And just keep looking. I'm gonna. I'm trying to look for evidence of what harm to these people. I have not seen any blood. I have not seen any. I've just seen weapons gone, empty shells cracked, and then containers set up in a defensive position. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the equipment room unfortunately doesn't offer you any other clues. Um, the food stocks here have been depleted. The weaponry is missing. And it does look like at one point there might have been a small fire in here. The right hand side of the, in- the inside door has been scorched pretty heavily. Could be rifle fire. It could be plasma. Some cyber. It's been burned for sure. 
would it be that corner like where vegetation would have also taken over? If you get down real close, as you kind of inspect this door, Doctor, you do see that there are bits of vegetation that once grew here. But has been burned. Not Correct. Something's not adding up. So all this vegetation grew from three months, as far as I can tell, correct? Yes, and it's an or exponential growth. Okay. And that's the concern. The concern is that it's an exponential growth. So whatever life form is here, whatever plant life itself is growing far more. It's almost as if it's in an incubator. That makes me worry about our own ship. Okay. Zebo, are you going to continue to try to get this ship's heartbeat back up? I sure am. Okay. So what I want you to do is I want you to give me another technology roll specifically, but I'm okay. going to put you at a two dice penalty mm-hmm. for the difficulty of getting, we'll say, main batteries online. You basically need the main batteries online before you can start the engines. Okay, and I'm still adding my wits to this. You are. Okay. Three successes. Excellent. That is a critical success. Uh, so again, somehow, fate, perhaps the gambler is shining on you again. You work the pads enough to get the main batteries back online. And so now, for everybody, the ship brightens up probably five times as much as it was. So your yeah, your lights are not, hand lights are not necessary at this point on this deck, uh, and you can see everything. And now you get a real totality of the vegetation that's here, and it's even more than you've seen with your lights. And at this point, one by one, you start seeing each of these vines and each of these corridors where this vegetation has grown more and more flowers begin to bloom. Like in front of our eyes? Yeah, right in front of your eyes. Shut Shut it down! Shut it down! That is where I'm going to leave this episode. So thank you so much for listening along with our first playthrough of Coriolis. Uh, We will be back uh, in the future with uh, the outcome for the crew of the Kraken.